Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, talking about the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right. Good to see you guys. Yeah, we went, in a matter of a couple of weeks, we went from snowstorm to sunburn. Just <laughs> like that. Right. I know it was really <laughs> crazy. We had a picture that we posted on our Facebook page of Saturday to Saturday, where we had you know, right. 20 inches of snow in at Hope Lutheran Church, and then mm-hmm. the next weekend... You got a bunch of kids riding bicycles, and it's like 70-some <laughs> degrees outside. Oh, so it's awesome. crazy, yeah. Yeah, I went all winter without using my snowblower until the third Sunday in April. April 15th <laughs> was the first time I'd used my snowblower awesome. in two years, basically. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's great. Ugh. But weather's normalized. It was 82 degrees yesterday yeah, in the Twin fantastic. Cities. Uh, I was commenting because... Uh, the Association Free Lutheran Bible School, mm-hmm. uh, the Bible school of our denomination, the AFLC, is doing summer team training on Monday nights this week and next week. So yep. they're having a mock VBS. Perfect. Feels and, like summer. Yeah, we dropping our kids off in the evening, and it was 82 degrees out in the Medicine Lake. Was entirely covered in ice. <laughs> and that's that was the most Minnesota picture I could yeah, come up with right, right there, and so yeah, it's glorious, <laughs> awesome, uh, yeah. So we're we're jumping in again, um, continuing to walk uh, through each of the petitions, and uh, we are in the second petition today of the Lord's Prayer, and um, I don't know, were, were you praying this when you were snow blowing your drive? And I was praying, Lord, come quickly. Yeah, Maranatha. <laughs> Maranatha. Uh, so come, the, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yes. thy kingdom come. That yeah. probably works. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, a reminder as we step back into the heart and soul of the Lord's prayer here mm-hmm. with these seven petitions, yeah. the focus is we're praying for what God has already promised to do and is already doing. We're not trying to coax him mm-hmm. Twist out his of arm. a slumber. You know, we're not yep. trying to back him into a corner. Uh, twist his arm, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. God is already doing this. He mm-hmm. has promised to do it for us. And, and that lends direction to what we pray and the product of our prayer always being comfort. Mm-hmm. And that I like how you said that because that lifts the pressure off of us yeah. in, in feeling like we have to wring this out of God. Um, but we can come joyfully and pray this to him and seeking his face in that way. Yeah, and so last week or the last four weeks with the first petition, uh, we were reminded we can pray for this because of who God has revealed himself to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now uh, this is starting to shift and focus on what he has promised to do mm-hmm. or in what context, I guess. So that's yeah. where we're at. Good. That's a good summary of the gospel, you know, just to remind ourselves of that, who who God is, what he's done or what yep. he is doing. Absolutely. Um, good. Well, let, let me read the second petition for us here. Uh, What is the second petition? Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God comes indeed without our prayer of itself, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. And then the second question, how is this done? When our heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we we believe his holy word and lead a godly life here in time and there in eternity. 
this is most certainly this true. This is most right? certainly yeah, true. Right. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good. All right. Second, second petition about God's kingdom. And, you know, that's a, a word that can be kind of confusing to people or, or there's a lot of different things that can be brought into that. What does this mean? You know, talk about the kingdom of God, you guys. Well, this is, I mean, as far as the Lord's prayer is concerned, I think this is probably one of the more confusing topics that we're going to get in. This one and the next one on thy will be done because American Christians are always falling all over themselves, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what God's will for their lives is. Discovering God's will. Yes. Uh, But in this case, we have no idea what the kingdom of God is. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the answers, and we would look to sphere you drip. know sphere drip. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. So our I personal, got brownie points today. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, sphere drip society! If anyone's listening from the York sphere drip <laughs> society and the AFLC, please make sure Brett gets full credit. Are you on the board of that still? I used to be, not, to? not okay. anymore. Well, well, yeah. well, Brett, it's kind of like you're being Lutheran. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. So, Inside Baseball, AFLC, the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, mm-hmm. our parent denomination was the Lutheran Free Church. Right. And the founder of the Lutheran Free Church, or one of the founders of the mm-hmm. Lutheran Free Church, was a Norwegian theologian who came over to the United States into Minnesota to teach at Augsburg College, mm-hmm. whose name was Georg Sverdrup. And, mm-hmm. and the the primary thing that Sphirdrup taught that we take our right. identity from. We, we quote this all the time. All the in time. The, in the AFLC. The congregation is the right form of the kingdom of God on mm-hmm. earth. Right. And so uh, for those who listen to the podcast who aren't members of the AFLC, you're going to get quite the dose of congregationalism in this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, each and every congregation in the AFLC is an independent, fully autonomous entity. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have a hierarchical system. We don't have an authority over us. And that has uh, one of our mentors uh, says that the greatest strength of the AFLC is also the greatest weakness. We just want to clarify, Mm -hmm. though, that we are subservient and um, dedicated and bound to the word of God, Mm -hmm. you know, in that. And so our, our final and total authority is the word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We also mm-hmm. believe that the canon is closed at this point, yep. and there's mm-hmm. not going to be any extra bi- biblical revelation. And so, the authority and inerrancy of the Word of God is very important in that yep. congregational polity. Yeah, so, that's that's our primary binding is the uh, inerrant, authoritative, normative Word of God. The right. second layer is the Lutheran confessions. Again, historically, the Norwegian uh Lutherans uh, have only publicly subscribed mm-hmm. to the unaltered Augsburg Confession and the small, small catechism, catechism, but we have language in our documents and many of our congregations that end the other confessional mm-hmm. documents or things like that. So we're it's not as if we're opposed right. or leaving those behind. It's, Sometimes that's for the sake of simplicity. Simplicity. Of, yep. Yep. Uh, and 500 years ago, there are several political mm-hmm. decisions involved in that uh, that I'm not an expert on, nor do we need to get into. Mm-hmm. And then... So then the reason for the existence of the AFLC is we have all these independent autonomous congregations that have freely bound themselves to each other to uh, accomplish things that a single congregation might not be able to do. Mm -hmm. We've covered this, but we've got a Bible school, we've got a seminary, we've Mm -hmm. got a world missions arm, we've got a home missions arm, Mm -hmm. we've got a publication wing of the AFLC, uh, an evangelism and and discipleship department, Mm -hmm. and the youth department are the primary areas of this you know, kind of association of mm-hmm. this binding together. And, and those things are needed and necessary, but they're not 
the kingdom of God. They are not as, the kingdom of God. As we, you know, think about the second petition, you know, asking yourself, well, if you were to look and find God's kingdom, you know, look at a congregation, I think that's kind of the, yep. maybe the heart of what Sverdrup was saying. Well, and so the kingdom of God, a couple ways to look at this. The kingdom of God is the march in advance and the preaching and proclamation and the application of the gospel, mm-hmm. which Luther's very clear on here in the large catechism. Yep. Uh, th- this is the portion of the Lord's Prayer that kind of marries itself to the second and third article of the creed. Mm-hmm. Second article being the nature of the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel. And the third article is the application of that gospel in specific ways and specific places. So you have <gasps> word and sacrament. Is, is that is that vocation? Yes. It's vocation in the church. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, you know, Luther said that, the the gospel finds its home in the congregation. We have this community of believers. That's third article of the Apostles' Creed in the large catechism. Mm-hmm. And so God's kingdom isn't a political entity. Right. Uh, we're not looking. Uh, we would agree or we would disagree uh, wholeheartedly uh, with traditional post-millennialism that we're going to be reestablishing a theocracy <laughs> here on the planet, and mm-hmm. then Jesus is going to come when that's reestablished. That's not what it looks like. Uh, many Lutherans historically have objected uh, for this very reason to uh, the various forms of premillennialism, mm-hmm. because again, uh, the one of the tenets of premillennialism is Christ establishing a physical kingdom here mm-hmm. on earth before Judgment Day, and mm-hmm. and and that's interacting. And we're we're not here to get into the controversies no. of the uh, end times right now. It'll come up. Uh, when we switch documents into the Augsburg Confession. All right. Looking uh, forward to that one. But yeah. but really the confession of what is God's kingdom is it's the march, the advance, yeah. and the application of the gospel. Yeah. It, have you guys ever had people in your church or others that you've talked to use this kind of terminology of advancing the kingdom or mm-hmm. um, is is that, do you guys think that that's a, a good phraseology to use? Well, here? I think it kind of comes from that whole Lord's army idea, okay. you know, like we're uh, Christian soldiers. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and, and I, it's interesting because I have to say that um, as God revived the faith of my baptism at the age of 24, a lot of what I heard from the churches that I was attending was that I have something to offer in the advancing of God's kingdom. I mm. It was like almost like a um, I don't want to say Join a the guilt and shame today. thing, but oh, it was definitely yeah. a good prod and poke and kick in the, the pants to try to get off your lazy, you know, rear end and do something for the kingdom. And there was this this aspect that we are somewhat responsible as God's children to advance his kingdom. Um and, and it was really interesting that as I really started to study Lutheranism, and it's not that we don't do anything, <laughs> but what we do is in, in submission to the Holy Spirit, where we rest and trust in the completed work of Christ mm-hmm. and allow this organic, natural process of God pruning us to bear biblical fruit, as mm-hmm. I keep going back to John 15, yeah. but that's really kind of that reality. And I, I have to say that, when I finally kind of realized that, it was just like, oh, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. breathed this sigh of relief that I'm not going to stand before Jesus. And he's like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? You know, there's an aspect of the parable of the tenants that that we are responsible for. And, and as John 15 does states, 
you know, biblical fruit is God's desired heart for all people. Applying the gospels, Jason would say, being a part of our vocation, allowing Christ to continually transform us from the inside out. But again, it's always that I want to. Mm-hmm. It's not that I have to mm-hmm. legalistic guilt and shame crowbar that tries right. to, to to manipulate people into doing things. Maybe like it, an earthly king would do with his yeah, subjects. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the key to understanding all this, and, and it really illustrates what you're getting at, Brian, here is this, there's always in the life of a believer, this law gospel mm-hmm. tension. Always. We, we, you know, or, you know, if we want to go even deeper into the, in a deeper dive into theology, it's two kingdoms theology, the, the material kingdom and the, the spiritual kingdom. But, but what it looks like here is Luther confesses for us in the catechism that the kingdom of God comes indeed without our prayer, without yeah. our help by That's, itself. I love that line. You know, yeah. so God's not dependent on us for that. Nope. Can't Thank move you, the, Jesus. Can't move the kingdom forward until yeah, this little like, guy in like, Minneapolis well, does his thing. <laughs> you know, there would have been a revival, but you failed to talk oh, to your grocery yeah. store cashier about Jesus when you were in a rush. And that, I mean, we missed out on that whole thing. Mm-hmm. God's not capricious like that. Mm-hmm. And yet there are still verses in scripture. If someone literally comes up to us and asks us, what do you believe? And, you know, we say, oh, I'm too busy to... You know, there's personal responsibility in that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's that tension that we're living in. And and again, for me, and, and as I've taught it before, it all comes back to this Christian interaction of mm-hmm. assurance of salvation yep. and vocation. Assurance yep. of salvation and vocation. First of all, how is the gospel applying to you? Mm-hmm. Is It's doing so in such a way that you are free to live your life in the ways God has called you to live your life. Yep. And, and sometimes that's just loving your neighbor in very ordinary, common, mm-hmm. mundane, material ways. And sometimes you are free to live your life, to sit down with that person and talk about Jesus mm-hmm. and, and, you know, to, to give your testimony or, mm-hmm. or, or however we want to phrase it. But we put so much emphasis on that second thing on, you know, training people to talk about Jesus all the time and and, and all this, that we're forgetting that praying for God's kingdom to come Mm -hmm. is praying that God's kingdom would come among us. Yeah, right. You know, that we would be receiving the gifts of the Spirit, that we would be hearing the word of God preached and proclaimed, that we would be confessing our sins and finding comfort in the absolution and Mm -hmm. things like that. That's what we're praying for here. Mm -hmm. And then that the extension of that prayer is... Moving out to others. In our communities, you know, it's Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and then Judea and Samaria even to the ends of the earth, right? That's how it flows. But it's the prayer starts with among us. Mm Mm-hmm. So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is that as we rest and trust in a completed work of Christ, mm-hmm. understanding that we're free in Christ Jesus, we're just a willingness to be available to whatever mm-hmm. God brings our way, whatever God brings across our path. Well, it's a willingness and it's a readiness. Yeah. I mean, you have First Peter 3.15, always be prepared. Yeah. I mean, to, to steal a phrase from the podcast, The White Horse Inn, know what you believe and why you believe it mm-hmm. so that when someone asks you, you can... Thank you, Mike Horton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I use that phrase all the time. Yeah, and, that's and good. There's a readiness and even there is a law aspect to it. There's, It's, you know, it's required when we have the opportunity to speak about the faith, to yeah. not deny the mm-hmm. faith, to not deny Jesus Christ. Right. And so it, there's all this tension, but we're trying to get to the finish line without starting, you know, we're, without looking 
it's the self-examination that we always skip over. Yeah. And I think there is like this aspect of the American evangelical church that kind of puts this burden upon believers. It's like, you know, yes, go, go forth and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that this petition is directly connected to that, but it's not like God really needs us. You know, God wants us to be a part of that as his children, uh, but he honestly doesn't need us. And right. I think that's an incredible reality and, and a freeing revelation <laughs> for a lot of believers in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Well, again, and you're, you're running the danger always of that overemphasis. Then you're, you're replacing the gospel with the law. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I, I just posted today the last episode from the first petition where we did our study on the Great Commission. And I use an image on the website post for that. And I usually end up using a public domain painting from Wikipedia, which is just a, a wealth of riches as far as art <laughs> is concerned. Uh, but I did an image search really quick just for Great Commission. Hmm. And I would say two thirds to maybe three quarters of the images that I looked at before I got frustrated. The handshake? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it was just the word go. Really? It was just really? the word go. Mm. And we talked huh. about that. That's the focus. Is, the focus. Yeah. That's not the emphasis. <laughs> well, not the verb. <laughs> oh, you know? wow. But, but, but here's the thing. It's, this is the, the, it's called the opinion of the law mm-hmm. or, or the Latin La- theological, uh, yep. the opinio legis. Yep. Is we get go. And to some extent, we get make disciples. Mm-hmm. But then when we look, when God fills in the blank for us, it's baptize and teach, baptize and teach, mm-hmm. baptize and teach. That ties directly into this. God's yep. kingdom is coming through right. the word and the sacraments. Right. So that it, it comes and the kingdom expands. Like we were talking earlier, when the word and sacraments um, reach and do its work in the lives of, of people. And so... It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit working through those yeah. those means. Absolutely. Those means of grace. Yeah. And, and where the, the kingdom, you know, kingdom of God being the, the rule and reign of Christ by his grace, um, where he says, I am your Lord and master, um, you know, by, by grace through faith and where that comes uh, to each person that the, the, the kingdom of God expands when more people are brought into that. Yeah, the kingdom yeah. of God expands as God saves souls, right. which is what he promises yeah. to do in the word and sacraments. Mm-hmm. And, and it begins in our homes. You know, for yep. all of us, it begins with our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, you know, us maybe going is actually going home, <laughs> being home and yeah. making disciples of our, our own children. And yeah. for me, my first grandchild. So, you know. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. congratulations Thank by you. the way. And so God's kingdom is is family oriented and centered. And I, and I think that's really mm-hmm. why we see the devil coming against the family so hard. And so it begins there. And those families that are, you know, less dysfunctional than others that are, are Christians and believe in God, because every family has some sort of weird dysfunction to it. But as, as we are leaning on Christ, whole families can reach out to families that maybe aren't so whole or families that are struggling. And that's the kingdom too. That's part of bearing one another's burdens, mm-hmm. fulfilling the law of Christ as Galatians chapter six talks about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that's vocation as well. Absolutely. And so yep. that's just yep. being available, resting and trusting in Christ, yeah. being available, being willing mm-hmm. to, to open up your heart and your home to people who are in need. Yeah. I, I preached through a series on the kingdom of God a, a number of months ago. And one of the themes that came through was thinking about your home as an outpost as, of the kingdom of God. You know, this is a place where we believe and trust in the promises of Christ. Uh, God has saved us and we pray that our house, our, our family life would be kind of an outpost of that kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as we you know, live out our vocations. That's well, you good. you almost immediately when you when we're talking about the kingdom of God, it's it's starting to refer to children. Mm-hmm. God's word. You think of the Shema in Deuteronomy six. It's teach your children. You have all the. I mean, Jesus spent a, just a ton of time in the Gospels talking about children, mm-hmm. and so that's that family thing. And and I think here's a good time for us to pause just for a mm-hmm. second and answer those silent questions that I hear reverberating in my my head or silent objections. We are not saying you shouldn't evangelize. Mm-hmm. We are not saying there is no place for evangelistic outreach. We're not, you know, we're, we're certainly not saying there's no place for mm-hmm. for missions outreach. But with the way currently the church in America treats evangelism, we need to invert that pyramid mm-hmm. so that it's this interpersonal evangelism isn't the primary way in which the church is expanding. It's a part of the way. Mm-hmm. It's it, it certainly... there. This involves that process, but it starts with our families. And for 2,000 years now, the primary way the church has grown is by passing it down from one generation to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And then then you have individuals through our vocations passing it to people we don't have that immediate influence on. And mm-hmm. you know, as pastors, I think we would all say we appreciate when that's happening mm-hmm. because the members of our congregations – have access to so many more people than we yeah, will ever right. have access mm-hmm. to. Their neighbors, friends. Yeah, yep. neighbors, friends. And, Coworkers. Well, and even if we would have access to those people, to unchurched people, it, it's like magic when people find out, at least for me, when people find out I'm a pastor, <laughs> that door just closes yeah. automatically. And yeah. the people clam up around me and act differently. Yep. And, and so, you know, it's a valuable thing for us to be training our people how to share the faith yep. and, and encouraging our people to invite their neighbors and their friends and their coworkers to church. But guilting people into doing that as the primary way a, of church growth yep. is something that it's it's shameful and, right. and, and we ought not to be doing that. Yeah, amen. Mm. Yep. And when it's happening, powered by, fueled by the freedom of the gospel, uh, that's an exciting thing to see God at work yeah. And then that's what we pray for. Yep. We pray that the kingdom of God would come and that it would come yep. among us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, maybe we should wrap up this episode here. Uh, Brian, do you have a verse? I do. And it's, okay. only, it's only one verse, but it's a powerful one if you really think about it. Uh, it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.